0: If you're dreaming, God is speaking. And what better way to learn to interpret your dreams than the Breathing Underwater membership? This is a monthly subscription mentorship where you will have access to monthly live Zoom calls where we do live interpretations and learn to hone our skills together in community. You will also have access to a private Facebook group with weekly video teachings, and there's more. You will also have a one-on-one 60-minute coaching call with me every month, and all for less than the price of a single coaching session, because it is my heart to walk alongside you and see you grow into all that God has for you. So sign up today, join the community. We would love to see you there. We were designed to hunger for the deep things of God, to thrive on faith and wonder, to seek out divine wisdom that defies human logic. We were designed to unlock the mysteries of God. This is Breathing Underwater. We are jumping into episode 31 today. I'm jumping right in because I want to maximize the amount of time we have for our guest today. We have an interview conversation that I had with my friend Jake Bullard, and you are going to want to soak up every minute of this interview. I am not kidding you. This man is bursting with wisdom and prophetic insight, and his heart is the heart of the Father, and he carries so much... um, revelation, but also clear insight into the strategies of the enemy in nightmares to actually counterfeit the truth and the prophetic utterance of the Lord in your life. And my word, I had received so much from him in this conversation. And when I went to edit it, I received even more. So I'm anticipating a lot for you. And of course, before I send you into that, I'm going to give you a little bit about the number 31. And there's not a whole lot 31 is one of those numbers that's going to get a little trickier here as we get over 30, where most of what you read and find is going to be numbers added together. But 31 in particular doesn't have a whole lot written about it. It actually only shows up in Scripture a handful of times, and there isn't a really clear through line in those Scriptures either. So I went to the Strong's number, which I love to do, and the Strong's number 31 in the Greek is really what I landed on because I felt the Holy Spirit wanted to speak to this today. And the number 31 in Strong's is message, a message, an announcement, a proclamation, or a message. Interestingly, the number 32 is a messenger, so they are very related. But it felt just apropos as we're about to receive this divine message from my friend Jake that I believe is straight from heaven And I want to give you just one little disclaimer here. There are going to be a couple times where he's sharing a dream and the imagery might be a little sensitive depending on your comfortability level. So if you're someone that's a little bit more sensitive to imagery, just just be prepared. I definitely would never put anything on this podcast that I think is going to damage or hurt anyone. And I only think it's going to benefit what what we're talking about today to be just real and bringing things into the light and talking about nightmares and the kind of demonic imagery that comes up because we have all experienced it. And I think it's only helpful to really unmask this stuff. But just to be prepared, I also just want to say that Jake has a course coming up that I'll, I'll put a little bit more about in the show notes. He has a course called Redeeming Nightmares that I highly recommend All of you attend. I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to attend it as well, where he actually really uh, unfolds the teaching on what it means to redeem your nightmares and to find God's voice in that place, which of course he's going to talk about today, but I believe that his course is going to be Mm. taking us even deeper. So if you are looking for that, all of his info is going to be at the show notes at the end, and I'm going to stop talking now so that we can chat with Jake. Hi, Jake.
1: Hello. Hello. Margot.
0: Hey, friend, Jake Bullard. He and I only met, I guess, probably a month ago or so. Was I think that think it I... was a
1: month ago. Yeah. yeah. It Beginning was a month ago. of,
0: we were at a prophetic conference together, and someone said, Margot, this guy's a dreamer. He's a big-time dream dude. And I was like, okay, I need to talk to him. We need to chat. And we got started chatting, and I just immediately could feel the depth and revelatory connection that this man has to the Holy Spirit, to the dream realm. He's um, just got a really cool background and history and relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has really unfolded and taught you a lot in mm-hmm. this. I mean, I know you've you've learned from other people as well, of course, our our fathers and mothers who've gone before us. But one of the things that I love about you is how much the Holy Spirit has really taught you in this and how much you have your own revelation about dreams. So I am very excited to get into this, but I'm going to let you introduce yourself a little bit more, where you're from, anything you want to tell us about your life and a little bit of your dream history.
1: Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Margot, for have me on. It has been a pleasure getting to know you. It's been a, um, a short ride, but a very wild one just <laughs> in some of the conversations uh, we have had and uh, super honored to be here with you today. So thank you so much for the for the invitation. I am Jake Bullard. I'm the founder of Dreams 222. You can find us on Facebook, uh, on Instagram, all those places as well. Uh, my website's dreams222.com. Uh, you can check out more information there. But I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I am married. My beautiful wife, Rachel, We've been uh, 20 and a half years. January will make 21 years. On. Uh, yeah. We, uh, my birth name is Jacob, by the way. Her name is Rachel. I see. see if there's me. any Bible scholars listening to the podcast today, <laughs> you don't
0: even have to be much of a scholar. I-
1: <laughs> That's true. You'd be surprised at how much that goes over people's heads and it hits them like 15 seconds later. I love it's one of it. my favorite things to do. But uh, we've been married for almost 21 years. We have three amazing um, young men. My oldest is Luke. He is 18. My young uh, middle is Parker. He is 14. And then my youngest is Caleb and he is nine. And, um, they are a blast full of like anything you can think of like a boy and it amplified like 10 times and that's who, who they are. And, uh, and Caleb rules the roost just so that everybody knows.
0: I could feel that when you said Caleb, I'm like, there's a weight on Caleb. I could feel something's going on with him.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. He is, uh, he is something else for sure. So Yes,
0: take the land, I think, huh?
1: Yeah, his middle name is Andrew, so Caleb Andrew, so wholehearted warrior. Wow. There's that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about him some more today in uh at our conversation with just some of the fun things that uh, Holy Spirit's done in him already.
0: Ooh, I would love to hear that. Yeah. And I have to go back to this Rachel Jacob moment. Did you have to like work 7 years for her? Was there a whole like 7 year moment or no?
1: I felt like it. <laughs> no. No, we knew each, we met through mutual friends. We knew each other for about a year. We dated for a year. Then we were uh, engaged for five months. So um, so yeah, she's a little bit older than me. So if anybody had to wait, it was her.
0: Oh, so. and I hear you. <laughs> okay. That is not for the faint of heart. I love it. All right. I couldn't help myself with the seven-year thing. I had to just ask okay. parallels. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your dream history or how did you get into this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So um, you know, I believe that all of us are dreamers. It's the way God programmed us from infancy until uh, until we take our last breath. Um, and you know, so I have had a lot of dreams when I was younger. I grew up in a very conservative uh, denomination of of Christianity here in the South, right in the buckle of the Bible Belt. Um, it uh, it starts or it it ends with a test and starts with a BAP. If you know what I mean. So I didn't really have a grid for God actually using dreams still today in my youth. And I can look back at certain dreams where I can see Holy Spirit was already talking to me at young ages. Uh, I just had no way of, of understanding or knowing that. And, um, you know, my parents didn't know, you know, it wasn't their fault. Just they grew up in that same culture. Um, fast forward a little bit to like 1999. I, I ended up um, meeting some friends and I went over to their house one day and was watching a Brownsville revival video and uh, Steve Hill. And I was like, man, this is awesome. And I knew these people really well. And, and so we started praying after the, uh, after the video and they, you know, I'm praying good old Baptist prayers. Like, thank you, Jesus, father, God, this father, God, that, you know, and just, you know, thank <laughs> you for this family, father, God, bless them, father, God, and nothing wrong with that. It's just where I was at, you know, yep. uh, and they're all Southern Baptist as well. And, and all of a sudden I start hearing them speaking in tongues, praying in tongues and I stopped and I'm like, hold on, I was taught this was this passed away. And I start listening, I could hear the genuineness the and the authenticity of their gifting. And I sat and listened for, it felt like 10 minutes, it could have been two. And I said, Holy Spirit, I know this is real. Like in that moment, that encounter flipped the script, if you will, for me. And I said, Holy Spirit, I know this is real. I know these people, I want to worship you this way. And they came over, laid hands on me, baptized me in the Holy Ghost. And, you know, Shonda, Honda, but about Kia later, I was you know, had my prayer language. And, you know, from first Corinthians 12, I was just, you know, knocking it out, started dreaming some more still, though, I didn't have anybody to teach me dreams. And so I took a lot of those dreams in that, um, that was like in the early 2000s, very literal. And uh, when God was speaking metaphoric and, um, and so um, not a mistake, it was a learning experience, you know? Um, And so fast forward to 2016. And in that process, uh, there were several several times the Lord would speak to me in dreams and then prophetically and stuff. But in 2016, things like majorly shifted. It was like, not only did God hit the accelerator, he hit the nitrous oxygen boost and we started taking off. And um, yeah, it was, it was very powerful, very crazy time. Um, Prophetic, just getting words for people, words of knowledge, prophetic words, people in public, hearing the voice of the Lord. Like I walked into a restaurant one day and this man and his wife and um, a client of his walk in and, Um, I just kind of, you know, they drew my attention. And as soon as I saw the man, the Lord says, there is a man of God. And I was like, Whoa. And I heard it just as clear as I'm talking to you. And so they go, I sit down, they sit down, um, kind of kitty corner to me. And the Lord says, or he blesses the food. The gentleman does. And I was like, Oh, wow. I am hearing the Lord. He is a man of God. And the Lord said, I know, I want you to go tell him. And I'm like, "What?" you know, so I go and tell him, he starts sobbing, have a whole encounter just, you know confirmation and stuff. And so that was like kind of that process. And then in that same time frame, my dream life went from kind of spotty here and there to prolific almost overnight. And um, I had such pow- a powerful dream that I knew God was speaking to me in. And I knew like the surface level or the linear look or the ink on the page, if you will, that the meaning of it was super deep. And I didn't know what it was. It w- it went beyond what I just saw in the dream. And so that caused me to go on a journey to search out the deeper matter, Proverbs 25, two, right? And so I went to a friend of mine at church. His name was Jared. I said, Jared, bro, I got these dreams. And um, I, I know God is speaking to me and I know I don't know what it means. Do you know anybody that interprets dreams? Jared said, yeah, my mom does. And I said, can you please introduce me? He said, absolutely. So he introduced me to Kathy Jones, who became instantly a spiritual mother to me and still a spiritual mother to this day uh, you know, now we're coming into the fall of 2023. Uh, so seven years later, I still take her my dreams, uh, on a regular basis and Holy spirit used her to teach me dreams, uh, or interpretations and seeing the metaphors and just the similes and, and all of that. And then, um, it was super powerful because in that, in that timeframe, um, I went from just hearing her and being like, oh, wow, that fits like that missing puzzle piece. You know, you have the big picture and you're missing one or two and then you find it and it just slides into place. And that's what her interpretations were. They weren't like, she didn't break down definitions of like, well, this means this and this means that, and this color is this. So this is what your dream means. She was like, no, this is what Holy spirit is saying. And she would declare it out. And it was like, man, and it would just hit me right in the chest. Um, And so Holy spirit was, I was learning in that process. And then there was a shift to where right before she was, and this is several months in, but right before she would release the interpretation. I would catch the revelation, like nan, like nanosecond, and I'm like, whoa. And so that was like a little bit of a graduation step, and that happened for a couple months, and then there was a time period where, um, where she was like, I, you know what? What do you think? And she wasn't telling me they like then, but she was she didn't have anything, right? <laughs> she wasn't hearing, and she was like, I know this of the Lord, and but she recognized it was Holy Spirit teaching me sure. in. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how Holy Spirit wanted me to rely on Holy Spirit and not mama Kathy.
0: That's so good. Yeah. And so
1: exactly. And so in that I started, well, this is what I think. And I was really processing in that it was, it wasn't nearly as much in what I call interpretation now, but I was processing and she was like, yep, yep, yep. And then that would trigger her to release the actual prophetic word that was hidden in the dream. And so yeah, that was my, uh, that was my journey about a year and a half or so before I ever interpreted somebody else's dream. I had a friend of mine call me up and he starts sharing this dream with me and I'm going, Oh my gosh, this is a warning dream. This is a warning dream about his job. His mm-hmm. job's about to go South and all these things were laid up and I'm hearing this, mm-hmm. like I'm talking to you and I'm like, wow. And I released the interpretation to him. And there was two different little mountain ranges that he was flying over in a plane. And then his boss was the one that his manager was flying the plane. Um, and then the second mountain range, it, it crashed. And I was like, dude, this is a warning dream about your job. And like, man, you're doing good. You're going to be safe no matter what. Cause he came out of the airplane crash, not even smell smoke on him, you know, looking at Daniel there for, uh, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Right. Um, and I said, Hey dude, there's going to be two occurrences that that seemingly like insurmountable odds, but you're going to get through them. The second one though, your boss is your manager is going to be removed from that position. I don't know if he's going to quit or get fired or How that's going to work out, but I want you to know that that in this time frame, it's this is how it's going to look. But you're going to be fine. Your job is going to be fine. And um, he told me that dream in March of 2018, and I think it was the end of July of 2018. We saw the entire thing play out just like I had saw it in his dream, and I was like, whoa! I mean, yeah, totally, totally freaked me out and stuff. And so I got some, you know, started interpreting other people's dreams and releasing what I was hearing. Holy Spirit say, and it was always the way I release an interpretation is, is I'm looking for that prophetic word that messages on father's heart that's hidden in the dream, right? I'm not necessarily looking what the symbolism means. I, I kind of, you know, it's important to know those things, but what's not important when you're releasing an interpretation is telling that person what all those things mean. Um, because you honestly, you lose impact there. And, and I'm a big person about impacting somebody's heart. Like my, my goal, anytime I'm ministering dream interpretation prophetically, my goal is to lead that person I'm ministering to into a deeper encounter with love himself, which is Jesus. And if we get into the symbolism on the front end of it, of an interpretation, we water that encounter down. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would just start releasing what I was hearing the father saying what I was hearing Holy Spirit saying in terms of that. And I would type out my interpretations like a prophetic word, because the dream is prophetic. And so every time I would do that, I would get a response of wow, or, oh my gosh, or you have no idea, or how did you know that the Lord's been speaking to me that, and these are people I don't know to this day. Right. And that was my process. And that's how it kind of all started. And here we are now.
0: It sounds like you have a bit of an evangelistic angle to this. Is that true? Yeah,
1: Yeah, there's, there's some of that too. Uh, You know, growing up in the culture, I did, we had a you know, uh, 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 a high respect and honor for evangelism because like, we had to go and you yeah. know lead the world to Jesus or we we're going to be, you know, it's going to be our fault, you know? And so, right. uh, but I do love doing that. Um, I do it differently from the goodness of God that draws men into repentance, not the condemnation of man. Yeah. And so, uh, but definitely because I want to bring people, whether you're a pre-believer or a believer, I want to bring you into that deeper encounter with love so that you understand like how much, you get a glimpse of how much he loves you. And dreams are a big piece of that for me.
0: Ah, I completely agree. I love this. So just in that story, I had about 17 questions come up. And (laughs) I'm really trying to get to talking about a different topic, but I have to just go with a couple of these. So when you talked about you were having dreams and you were taking them very literally at first, and then you had this baptism of the spirit moment. And it was like, you started to hear the voice of God. There was something that was just activated, unlocked, and your dream life started to change as well in that time. How did your dreams change? Did they look different? Did they feel different? What was that like for you?
1: Yeah, they were very clear, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, they were very um, vibrant, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and they were happening on a very regular basis, where before it might be, you know, a couple a year. We're talking a couple a week. And, and I'm talking like dreams that could be movie kind of dreams.
0: Yes. Got it. Okay.
1: That was some of the shifting and that's where God was really like, I'm using dreams to speak to you and I'm going to make such a point of that. You have to seek someone out to train you because unbeknownst to me, here we are now. Yeah, uh, I had no clue about any of that, um, you know, to the degree that I do now.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. I love that because I do think that there are people who are listening to this podcast who are in this transition space mm-hmm. who have been like i have dreams every once in a while and god is actually turning turning it up and yeah. they're experiencing I've even had feedback from people who are like, I used to dream. I don't know why I started listening to the podcast again. All my dreams are coming back. What do I do? And I'm like, this is amazing. God is reactivating. The spirit is moving on this. So thank you for sharing that part. Um, I love too, how God was so kind to give you these like really powerful confirmations and validations right away that, yep, you're hearing me. Yep, yep. That was the interpretation for that dream. And here it's playing out in this super short time frame, just to get your juices flowing in the space of yeah, I hear this is real. I hear God. Um, I know I mentioned this at the very beginning, but your reliance on the Holy spirit. I mean, this is something we talk about a lot on here is that you can have symbol dictionaries. And actually on this podcast, I'm a lot about helping people discern their own dreams. So we do go into metaphor and those kinds of things, which is a little bit different than just, you know, offering the interpretation off the cuff, even though I completely agree with you that there's impact and encounter in that. So people are, you know, oftentimes reading dictionaries or looking up symbols and stuff if they feel a little bit stuck, but I am always saying, always ask the Holy spirit first. Cause he's going to show you what that means. He's going to give you the whole interpretation. As soon as we think that a symbol means one thing every time, it just doesn't, it's just not how this works. It is just oh my gosh,
1: yeah.
0: a formula. You and I are on the same page with this, yeah. but I love how much you've learned to rely on him. It sounds like that was, it wasn't about symbolism. It wasn't about learning dreams from John Paul Jackson, even though I love him and his teaching, yeah. it was you and Holy Spirit. Yep. Yeah. Is that how it went for you?
1: Yeah, that's that's a lot of how it was. And, and Holy Spirit would lead me in different ways, you know, like to Mama Kathy. Um, he led me to eventually to John Paul Jackson. What was interesting is before I met Kathy, when I started dreaming, I had this one memory of this tall white haired gentleman with a white beard interpreting a dream on Daystar. And I'm like, who was that? Who was that? And I started researching. And then I found out it was John Paul.
0: Totally was. And at that
1: time, he had already passed away.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And so I was like, junk, you know? Um, but then, thank God I had Mama Kathy. Because, you know, um, I do things a little bit. I honor John Paul with everything that I have. Um, I, I get emotional, which is a high probability here in a moment. <laughs> um, But I honor him and everything he did. Because if he hadn't done what he had done, well, if he had not done what he did, you and I would not be doing what we're doing right now. Um, yeah, his his ceiling has become my floor. And if I only teach what he taught, then I don't honor him, right? I need to build the new thing, the new wine skin to introduce the new wine of dream interpretation. And that's the way I honor him is by releasing dreams the way I do. Um, you know, you'd mentioned like the dream dictionary piece and stuff. And the thing that I, I'm not opposed to those. But the thing that I've found with those is people box everything in. You'd mentioned like, until, you know, this means this one thing until it doesn't. Um, And so what I tell people is I, I will tell you my two best dream dictionaries, and I'm going to tell you them in order. Okay? okay. Yeah. The first one is Holy Spirit. Because <laughs> Holy Spirit. Exactly. Because Holy Spirit is the one who authored the dream. Holy Spirit knows what that dream means. Why that dog or that person or that car or that color or that animal was in there and it might fall in line with the dream dictionary but it might also be a and more and so we want that and more as well the second best dream dictionary is the bible how many metaphors and parables are in the Bible. And so you can go back and all through Proverbs, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, and Isaiah, all through the Proverbs of Jesus. And you can start seeing the similarities, or even like when Paul is speaking to, you know, the Romans and the Corinthians and and everybody else, you know, he's talking about, man, I wish I could give you meat, but I can't because you, you know, you're on milk, you know? And so there's metaphor in that as well. And so that's really how, that started and how the Lord showed me. Cause like when Kathy would tell me a dream interpretation, she would never quote the scripture address or even the scripture verse, but I would know exactly what scripture she was referencing because of how she articulated that into the interpretation. Right. Um, and so that's what I did. I know the divinity code has some great stuff too. So, so much appreciate what they do. Uh, Doug Addison has some great resources. And then, um, I have, there's a, uh, Christian dot com, I think is what it's called. So I would go there from time to time. Um, but now that's on a much more less and less basis uh, at this point, but it's um, you know, and then I do, I don't mind getting into the metaphors and stuff, uh, but I do that instead of doing that on the front end, I do that on the back end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I want people to have that encounter and just like feel the touch of the father and then be like, man, how did you see that? where did you see that in your dream? And then that's when I'll go into, well, this piece here, This is what he showed me in it. So,
0: so beautiful. I love everything that you just said. And I also just have such a reverence for John Paul. I mean, he is literally the father who has gone before and broken down so much. And I've learned so much from him. And I listen to his teaching and read his things and go, I don't, that's actually not how that went for me. Nope. God's actually shown me this different thing here. And just Mm -hmm. like you said, it's not a disrespect. It's actually just learning and knowing and owning how Holy Spirit speaks to us. And that's the most important thing with dreams is it is given to the dreamer for a reason. The dreamer is going to be the one that's going to resonate with the interpretation. If someone gives you an interpretation is not resonating with you, it is not the interpretation. Throw it out, please. Okay, I don't need to get on that soapbox. Moving on. Thank you for all of that. Yeah. In our brief conversation at the conference, you shared with me a little bit about your experience and revelation over nightmares that I just so deeply appreciate and agree with, but feel like I couldn't even articulate as beautifully as you can. And I don't know if you would say it's become kind of an area of expertise for you, but it sounded that way when we were talking.
1: Is that true? Um, well, I, I don't know that I ever feel like I'm at the expertise level,
0: hey, Okay. Uh,
1: but I know I have, uh, I would say become fairly proficient there we uh, go. at what I like to call redeeming nightmares. Yeah. Um. You know, plain and simple, man, the enemy has hijacked the night season from so many people. Um. And one that like your dreams are the purest form of a prophetic word that you're ever going to receive because it bypasses your frontal lobe of consciousness. And God uses your, the limitlessness of your subconscious to speak to you, the vastness of your destiny. And the enemy has seen throughout time, how God spoke to Joseph and Abraham and and Jacob to Gideon and and to, to Joseph, the father of Jesus, to Daniel, Uh, he's seen all of this. And so he knows how pure it is. Um, And so one of the things I believe that he has done is he sent the nightmares, which is a counterfeit. So that means there's an authentic, you know, representation, and we need to learn that authentic, that piece of authenticity so we can identify the counterfeit and why has the counterfeit come? Um, And it's usually to scare you or to intimidate you away from your gifting, your calling or your identity. Um, Because if he can lie to you about that, remember, he is the father of lies and the murderer from the beginning. And, and so those nightmares, those counterfeit dreams or second heaven dreams, however you want to label them, they're all kind of one and the same. They are meant to, um, you know, to scare you and to intimidate. You remember, he, he comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Right. And the devil doesn't own the night. Right. There's nothing that the enemy owns. He's a fallen angel. He's unemployed. He is now he's got a demotion to the prince of the air. Like he's not even the ruler of this world anymore. He is the prince that's a demotion, the prince of the air. And wow. so and so, in that, um, one of the things I started recognizing is the places where people were being attacked in their nightmares was generally the place where they were the strongest at and where he was the most intimidated. Wow. And so I would I would start to see this and I pieced together man, God is a redeemer of all things. He wants to redeem nightmares. He wants to redeem that night because I feel like that night season is such a precious time between you and the Lord, where he speaks in like Job 33, 15 and 16, the new American standard version in a dream and a vision of the night when sound sleep falls upon men while they slumber in their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instructions. Right. And, and if we shut off the nightmares, if we shut off our dreams, and especially when we're young, because we all had nightmares, right? When we were young, especially in those, you know, pivotal years of learning and it, it, it stepping into a relationship What you know, whether you grew up in a Christian home or not, we've all had nightmares because he wants to hijack that season. Um, and so many people have prayed against the nightmare. Like, I just know, no more nightmares. God don't give me, I don't want even, I don't want to dream anymore because I've had nightmares. And I totally understand that. And there's no shame in that whatsoever. But what I want to encourage, you know, your listeners with is that God is the God of the night, just as he is the God of the day. Like there's never a moment where God is not God. And in that he wants to speak to you in that. And he loves you so much. He said, okay, we'll shut it down before a season, because you're going to eventually hear this crazy guy from Georgia talking about redeeming nightmares. And there's been so many people that I've, uh, I actually do a training in October it's redeeming nightmares and we get into the nitty gritty and we go after it. Um, but we saw, you know, one in that process, when I started recognizing people had shut down their dream life by praying against those when my nine or he's now nine, Caleb, uh, when he was three and four years old, he started seeing demons. He started having nightmares and the bad angels or the dark angels or, you know, something like that. And I, I got, he would come in my room at three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, bro, Go back to bed, you know. (laughs) Daddy needs to sleep, you know. And and Rachel was doing the same thing. And then I finally recognized, oh, he's having a warfare kind of a thing. And so I taught Caleb, he was three or four years old, and I told him, I said, dude, the next time you see that Joker, I said, I want you to look him square in the eye, and I want you to get mean mug him. Just get mean, Mm -hmm. you know. And I said, You look him square in the eye and you say, The Lord Jesus rebuke you, leave now. And I said, You point to your window. And if he doesn't do it, you do it again and you do it meaner and you do it louder until he goes. And so he starts doing that. And then one day I wake, I go to wake him up. He's about four years old this time. I went to wake him up for school, uh, for his preschool. And he was, he's my deep sleeper. So it's hard to wake him up even at that young age. Well, he was on the, on top of the covers on the foot end of his bed. And he was in that fetal position just with that, that grin, like a Cheshire cat, you know, just ear to ear. And I'm like, what in the world happened in here last night? Right. And I said, uh, I went to wake him up and I barely touched his thigh to wake him up. And he shot up like a, like a broke rubber band. I mean, and he had the biggest smile and his eyes were just so bright. And he said, daddy, I was brave last night. I said, do what? He goes, I was brave last night. I'm like, you were, I was brave when the angels came in my room. I said, the angels. He said, yeah, there was, there was one angel. He was in my room, but he didn't have his sword with him this time. The one that was in heaven. He had his sword though. I am like getting, like, I'm getting goosebumps reliving this. I'm like, like there's so much depth just in that. We probably don't have time to go into, but I mean, he's seeing things that mature believers haven't experienced yet at four years old. And then he said, I said, well, did, what do they tell you? He said, don't be afraid. He got super bold in that. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I said. what else happened? He said, then Jesus walked in my room and I'm like, wake me up next time. (laughs) Let me in on this, you know? So Jesus comes in his room, says, don't be afraid. And they played throughout the night in his room. And that has led to at least a dozen that I know of encounters. My son has had with Jesus in the nights. Like I went, um, about a year, it may have been six months ago, six months or a year ago, I was putting it in bed and he's like, dad, tell me a story. I'm like, how many, how many more David and Goliath stories can I tell him, you know? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to tell you something you don't know yet, buddy. He's like, what's that? I said, did you know that while you sleep, Jesus dances over you and sings over you? And he's like, yeah, didn't you know that? (laughs) I'm like, You mean you've already seen that? He's like, all the time. I'm like, why don't you tell me something? then? (laughs) Um, But what I recognized is when I taught him his authority, Right. there is no junior Jesus. There is no junior Holy Spirit. There is no junior power or junior authority. It's all the same. And he's a believer in Jesus, even at that young age. I taught him that authority. It enabled him to become the seer that he is. He sees angels all the time, still to this day at nine years old. Had I prayed against that and been like, you know, it's just your imagination, right? Although well-intended, it shuts it down um, because, you know, I I didn't do that with him. I taught him his authority because I can't stand bullies. And every piece of the system of darkness, they are bullies. And so we resist the devil, submit to God, and he will flee or we throat punch him. And we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it either way. So, um, so by teaching him his authority and not shutting that down, that has allowed him to step into that seer gift that he is to have dreams and visions and things of that nature. And, um, and it's been very uh, profound. It's been very prolific uh, even for him just to teaching him his his authority in that, that the highest part of hell is still beneath the lowest part of him. And there is, there is no, you know, higher levels, higher devils kind of stuff. I mean, we go through junk, don't get me wrong. um, But you know, he's disarmed and defeated. Jesus made a mockery of him on the cross, right? Like he did all of those things. And so even since that whole encounter about two, about maybe three years ago now. So he was about six, six or seven years old. one Saturday morning, I'm sitting on the couch, drinking some coffee. I was literally two sips in. He comes stumbling downstairs. He says, daddy, I had a bad dream last night. And I'm like, really? I'm like, I'm not even awake yet. And I'm like, Devil hadn't learned his lesson yet. Go figure. And so he sits down on my lap and he starts telling me that um, he saw Pennywise in his dream. That clown, you know, from Stephen King, it, you oh. know, that whole, yeah, right. I mean, like, listen, I, clowns are creepy. <laughs> However, there is an element of joy that the enemy has tried to hijack with those clowns.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We need to get back to the original intent of that joy. So just a side note there. So he starts telling me the dream and I have gotten nothing on it. I'm like not hearing the Lord or anything. And I'm like, all right, Lord, he's coming to me just like I come to you. I don't want to let him down because I want him to trust me in this stuff. But I'm like, I got nothing. And Holy Spirit said, what do I do for my throne at my enemies? I said, you laugh. He goes, maybe you should laugh too. And so I just forced myself to step into joy. And I start laughing and I start hackling. And then you see the tension, like, like just come down off of Caleb and he starts laughing. And I'm like, <laughs> can you believe that dumb devil sent you a clown to try to scare you? Don't you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength? He can't steal that from you. And so I start edifying him and all of the redeemed aspects of what a clown is, that joy, that laughter, that childlike faith, right? Whoop. And that strength. And so that was a lot of the learning. And then I've transitioned that into actual teaching that I do in a five-week period in um, October, starting October 26, 82. Mm-hmm um uh eastern standard time uh Facebook and zoom uh and you can register on my website dreams222.com under the products tab for that but um but that was where you know I you know I saw all that in firsthand application um and man I got I like you want me to keep going because I got tons of stories I can go with.
0: Yes let me let me yes we're gonna stay on this topic. I love everything you just mentioned, we, I have done a couple different segments before on like teaching authority to our kids, but this is such a, a unique and uh, really just simple way. I think that you were like, Oh, I'm just asking Holy spirit, Holy spirit's just showing me how to interact with my kid over this. I'm oh. teaching him authority, but then the rest is in his hands. Cause he has the same authority as me. It's like, I think sometimes is as parents, we feel like we have to have it all figured out to be able to teach them. But if we're just empowering them to talk to the Lord and listen to the spirit and to operate in their authority, I mean, that that's pretty much, that's pretty much what it is.
1: 100%. Pretty
0: 100%. much. what it is. I might not have any idea, but I can be like, Hey, why don't you ask Jesus about that? And they ask Jesus and they hear from Jesus. I'm like, glad you did. Cause I didn't just now, you know, I mean, this, some of the purest words that I receive are from kid kiddos 100%. This, immediately. Right. So yeah. I just felt really approachable the way that you did that. And I love how you just illustrated talking about the counterfeit. And I, I would love for you to, if you have any more examples of that, like, Hey, this is a dream yeah. I had, or someone had, this was the counterfeit. What was the authentic that it was yeah. actually trying to steal? Can you give us a couple examples of that?
1: Yeah, I'll share a really strong one. This one really, um, it legit blew my mind with how the Lord uses I There's actually, I have two of them. Can I share two? Is that Okay. Absolutely. Please do. All right. So um, the first one, this goes back to the evangelistical side of things. Um, Back in 2018, we had a small group at my house um, on this particular night. It was uh, a married couple and then a stepmother and her daughter or her her stepdaughter. And then me and my wife, Um, the, the stepdaughter was visiting her dad from out of state. And while she sat there, she was like 17 at the time we're talking Holy spirit and just moving in the spirit stuff like that. And she looked like like the, her expression on her face was like, I really like being here, but I feel out of place. Right. And so the entire time I'm like, Lord, she's here for a reason. What word do you have? Yeah. And I got nothing like zilch. Like I'm not getting, you know, any sort of highlights or triggers or any of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, Lord, come on. And so, um, so I end up interpreting for that married couple. They both had, two dreams or dream each in one night and they both spoke to each other and some things that they were going through as a couple and then the lord took my attention back to the young lady and said ask if she's ever had a dream mm. and so i said her name was trinity and i said hey trinity do you have any dreams and she goes no not really i don't like to dream anymore and instantly on the inside i'm like oh let's go ding ding fights on like not we're not even lacing up the gloves we're gonna go bare knuckle on this one right And so I said, really, I said, why not? She said, well, the last dream I had was a nightmare and it scared me. And, um, and I, I literally felt the heart of the father break for her in that because that's not what he intended our dream life to be like. Right. So I said, well, tell me your dream. And she looks at me like, you must be dumb, but you could tell like, she was like, all right, fine. Cause she just heard the interpretations for that couple. And so she says, this is her dream. She says, in my dream, I was in the basement of a two-bedroom house. It was pitch black. I was in one room, and my grandfather was in another room. And there was demons and zombies chasing me to try to catch me, to kill me and eat me. But every time they got close to me, I was able to get away and find shelter or find a hiding spot because I had on night vision goggles. And I and then she was like, you could see her just reliving that, right? And I immediately, I mean, I just had the interpretation holy spirit was super thick in the room and i looked at her and i said that's a really cool dream and she looked at me like i thought you were dumb but you just confirmed it you know you try having that dream right and i said here's what your dream means you know sometimes you got to pull a joseph right like is god not the one who has interpretations of dreams and then release what you hear right and so i said here's what your dream means I said, the Lord has given you the ability to see in the dark. You can see into the unseen, and because of that, Trinity, you actually terrify the devil and all of his demons, because they know that once you step into the into the aspect of that gifting that God has given you, then not only will you be able to see His moves before He makes them and find shelter in the shadow of His wings, but you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to lead others into that same freedom and that same security, because you're a seer. You can see into the unseen. And she's looking at me like, "Oh my God!" Right? And then Holy Spirit says, ask her how long she's been seeing spirits. I said, Trinity, how long you've been seeing spirits? And there's probably a 30-second pause in that. And she sighs and goes, for a long time. And you get like just the tremble and everything. And I said, see, there is proof that what I tell you is true. And instantly she broke down and started crying. And you could see fear leaving her in that moment because we brought perfect love into that room, right? And so we go for about, um, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, We minister to her, me, my wife, her stepmom, uh, the other married couple. She literally goes through seven tissues of just snotting all over herself in the most beautiful of ways. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching her. And then Jesus walks in the room behind me. I literally feel the tangible presence of Jesus in the room. And he says, ask her how long, or excuse me, he goes, Ask her if she's ever asked me in her heart. And I said, hey, Trinity, I said, if you ever asked Jesus into your heart to be the Lord of your life? And she says, no, not really. I said, well, would you like to deny that you see all of this come true? And she said yes to Jesus from a nightmare. And like, you want to talk about the ultimate throat chop to the enemy? Come on. That's that's proof that God is taking the things that the enemy meant for evil and using them for our good and for his glory. And it was a super powerful time in that. And just, you know, seeing what he did in there, like there's no condemnation in that. Like you know, there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And it's the goodness of God that draws men into repentance, not that condemnation of man. Right. And like I don't look at those dreams and try to pick out why the devil is there. I don't give two rips why he's there where is Jesus in this? Like, where are the angels at, right? If we outnumber the enemy by two to one, according to revelation, <clears throat> where is Jesus at in this? Where is, where are two angels at, right? Where's, where's the gifting here? Because in order for a dream to be a counterfeit, it has to follow the same protocols as the authentic dream. Mm-hmm. The difference is it's laced with lies, right? And so in that, I started to understand that God is a God of order and his messages flow in an order. And because the authentic has to mimic, or excuse me, the counterfeit has to mimic the authentic, then that counterfeit has to flow in an order too. Mm. Otherwise it's not a counterfeit. And so I started seeing that. I'm like, oh, because it's a counterfeit, it's following the same flow as a God dream. So God has hidden his message in there unbeknownst to the enemy. Oh my God.
0: so true. And those goggles were the dead giveaway, right? Like, Oh, 100%. you had goggles on. I see yeah. you.
1: Yeah. And the fact she was able to find shelter, right. In Psalms 91. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so that was a lot of that. Then there was a, um, I did a, a, a training a couple of years ago. Um, I did like a five day kind of, you know, challenge kind of a training. And on day three, I did a uh, what I, at that time I call it the redeemed um redeemed view, right? Um, and so I'm teaching basically redeeming nightmares, but I hadn't it, that hadn't developed quite yet. Um and so I'm talking about, you know, using that dream as an example and several other dreams that I had in my queue at that time. And then um the next morning I get a message from a young lady out in um um uh, I say young lady, she's probably in her 30s, uh, but she messages me on on Facebook. We had some interactions, she was in my Facebook group and stuff. And she said, hey, um, all this happened in May of this particular year. And so she messaged me and says, hey, in October of last year, I had a nightmare and you redeemed it. Mm -hmm. And in part of that nightmare, there was a demon that was choking me. And you redeemed that talking about my voice and my authority. And it totally resonated. And she said, however, there was another piece of that dream that I've never told anybody. She said, not only was that demon choking me, that demon was raping me as well. And I felt the heart of the father break and my heart broke. And I got, I got a little, I had some holy anger, oh, you know, yeah. right? And so I read this on messenger and Holy spirit jumps right in and says, he's trying to steal her innocence and virtue. She's a virtuous, a uh, virtuous woman with holiness and purity. All And so I start typing that out. I said, yeah, he was trying to steal your innocence and virtue, but you're a virtuous woman. You're one who, of purity and of holiness and one whose voice Like I'd mentioned something about her, her power and her voice and the authority linking back to her purity and how it's all like coinciding and how powerful she is and how pure she is in that. Literally, she sends me back cry emoji, cry emoji, cry emoji, hands up, hands up, hands up. One, like it was 15 or 16 different emojis and stuff. She says, you have no idea. The Lord has been talking to me about his power and purity and why purity is so important to operate in his power. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It had nothing to do with quote unquote soul ties and and you needed that kind of junk. Right. And, and so the Lord has showed me how to see his redemption in all things. right? Right. When you look at what a bully, a bully thrives off of pride, right? Well, Lucifer was the first bully. That's what got him kicked out of heaven. Right. And what do they want? They want your attention. And so if we focus on that stuff, you know, the hidden sin and, listen you ain't jesus you ain't holy spirit and he took care of the hidden sin on the cross so let's move on past that right? right and so um so i that's how i chose to you know choose i choose to see his redemption in all things sometimes it's difficult but if you focus on love guess what you're going to find focus or find love one of my great my favorite quote from john paul what you focus on you make um uh, what you focus on you make room for and what you fear you empower. And if you're focused on finding all the hidden sin and all the generational curses and all this, you're going to miss the righteousness that they are in Christ. You're going to miss those generational blessings that can actually sever those ties by partnering with what heaven says instead of what the devil says, right? You're going to miss out on that opportunity to be the minister of reconciliation that we are called to be according to second Corinthians. And so I've chosen to, yeah, I see that. I understand that. But what does Jesus say? Because yeah. what he says trumps everything the enemy says. And so that's how, I mean, I I can, Margo, I can go for hours on this, um, as you can tell. So what
0: I, what I experience a lot when I'm coaching people and learning their dreams is that it's easier to see the redemptive thing in someone else's dream, right? So when mm-hmm. we're looking at our own dream, it's, It's like we're looking through a lens of a cruel Jesus that is not the Jesus that we know. And we get stuck in this fear place and we get stuck in this shame place. And the fact that this girl even shared that part of her dream with you about the rape was huge because there could have been shame and fear and anything that would want to keep that in the darkness. But here's the the dream realm. And I I say this all the time. That was not a dream from God. That was not. That was a demonic dream. And that was graphic and hideous. Mm -hmm. And God sometimes uses really graphic imagery to get our attention. And even in that, we can feel fear and shame like, oh, there's this sexual thing happening in my dream, but it actually might be the Lord speaking about intimacy. Come on. Speaking about partnership, speaking about agreement, speaking about all of these things. But we don't want to go there because we're so afraid it means something bad or that he's going to shame us even in a demonic dream where clearly the enemy was trying to intimidate and twist and get awful feelings and and visuals in their mind. That was not imagery from the Lord. But in that same way, we get ashamed of that. We get afraid of that. We want to hide it. But she brought it out to the light. And you were like, oh, what the enemy's trying to hang you on, he's hanging on now. We're taking his gallows and he's going to hang on those suckers. Just overplaying his hand. I mean, this is what nightmares are. It's like, see what I'm doing? It's blatant. If you like, I see here. It's very, very clear. But yeah. so then, especially in our own experiences, it's like, wait, I, I'm tapping into this old mentality of, of this religious Jesus or this shame space, or uh, it's it's harder sometimes with our own nightmares and dreams. So I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that, or if you've had personal nightmares that you've had to overcome, or how has that worked for you? Because it's, You clearly have such authority in seeing that for others. What is it like when you're interpreting your own? Do you have nightmares? Anything in that?
1: I've not had a nightmare in a very, very long time. When I first started moving prophetically, I would have uh, dreams where I was fighting the demonic Mm -hmm. and I would have a paralysis of some sort where I couldn't say Jesus's name. Yeah. And. What that was doing was trying to intimidate me that the, that you don't have that authority. You can't say that, but I would power through it. I remember two times it would happen. I'd be like, Grr. you know, I wouldn't be able to. And then the next night, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And it built up and it welled up and it just strengthened my inner core, my inner spirit in that. And then I had other dreams, like God dreams where he was showing my, me my authority. This was after those paralysis dreams, but my authority over the demonic because Jesus has given us that authority. The cross has the final word, period. And so um it, it did take some chance it did take some time. It's like, oh, I need to believe that authority that I have. Right. Um so there may have been a little bit there was a lack of belief or a, maybe not necessarily belief, but a am I can I really kind of a thing right yep. there was an opportunity to upgrade my authority my belief in my authority and my faith muscle. And I did, and here we are now. And so that's a huge piece there. And then, you know, um, um, you know, you're speaking to God using anything, which he does. There's nothing that the enemy created. Number one, he didn't create sex. You know, he didn't create the serpent. He didn't create the crystals. Jesus created all that stuff. Right. (laughs) Now, has he hijacked a bunch of that? Heck yeah. We need to redeem it. Right. Um, I know this one point, um, Many years ago, I was in some just, I just had some mental just war that was going on. It was just not a, not a fun place for about a month or so. And, um, I was just like, God, I'm done. Just don't let me wake up in the morning. Like I was really at that spot. I mean, I was convinced my wife was about to leave me. Like, and we were, we have a pretty, like, we have our ups and downs, but we have a pretty good marriage. Um, and so, um, I finally went to bed and I was like, Lord, if you don't give me a dream, if you don't speak to me, I don't know what I can do. Cause for a month, I, like, I could barely pray. Yeah. Um, couldn't worship, couldn't do any of that stuff. Right. And I had all these. Now I know they were lies coming at me, but it was such an, and such just a rapid fire. I was just, you know, I was getting exhausted. Yep. So I said, Lord, if you don't speak to me, just take me out. Just t- let me go home tonight. You know? And I went to sleep and I had a dream. It was a very short dream. And in the dream, I was walking out to my mailbox. The mailbox door was open and I went in to reach to grab the mail. But instead of there being mail in the in the mailbox, the mailbox was full of copperhead snakes. And I withdrew my hand before putting it in. And the dream ends. And I wake up and I'm like, oh, the messages that are being sent to me are lies. Don't receive the lies. Right. And then I gave that to some of my uh, I shared that in my masterclass. And some people were like, yes, and you're full of wisdom. And so be as wise as a serpent and how you receive things too right because jesus redeemed it all that's right? good yeah and so that's just one example i got tons of examples on that but that was super powerful and i woke up smiling from like, thank you lord for that dream right how many people like get excited about a snake dream yeah i do <laughs> yeah oh are you
0: kidding me totally and snake dreams are actually really really common
1: yeah yeah they are and so you need to understand that jesus has redeemed all things i go through a lot of this in in that redeeming nightmares aspect but you know, um, when you look in numbers, uh, I believe it's numbers 21, right? Uh, the Lord tells Moses to bronze a serpent and to fashion it to the staff. And when Israel is in the desert, they get, you know, hurt, injured, or what have you, they look to the serpent, they will receive healing, right? And so if you ever look at a physician staff across the world, right, it is a staff with a bronze snake on it from numbers 21. Even those who aren't believers have that, right? And so snakes have a healing aspect. Jesus even, you know, be as wise as a serpent, but as innocent as a dove. So Jesus saw that wisdom too, right? But also in John 3, 14, right? Jesus is speaking and he says, and he says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the son of man be lifted on high before you. And he's redeeming the snake and he's redeeming the staff. And he's also saying, you're not going to have to look to those things anymore for what they did. I'm bringing the fullness of healing to Um, you. I'm redeeming all things.
0: Come on.
1: And so if we always see the snake as demonic or lies, you miss miss the opportunity to speak that redemption into people.
0: That is so beautiful. And you know, snakes, God's used snakes with me a lot in speaking of actually like um, renewal and shedding of skin and coming. New parts of my identity. And I mean, he's, I've had dreams too with snakes and anymore. It totally is a lie. And God is, is showing me. And I'm like, amazing. Thank you for naming that for me, because I thought I, I didn't know what was going on. Kind of like you and the copperheads, like yeah. oftentimes it'll name more what I'm experiencing in my waking life that I didn't know was an attack. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, that's it. Thank you for naming it. But there's so many other interpretations for a snake. We really just have to be tapped into the spirit and awesome. go through this lens of redemption, which I just I wish we had another hour. We do not. <laughs> if you were to take another 10 minutes, is there anything that you would say you would like to share with these dreamers?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, your dreams are the purest form of a prophetic word you'll ever receive. Mm-hmm. You know um, I know I said that earlier, but um, I fully believe that. I ask the Lord all the time for dreams. You know, I love getting a prophetic word. Like you're a powerful, you know, prophetic voice yourself. And I know a lot of powerful prophets and I welcome anything they want to say into me, but nothing ever trumps what daddy says. Right. And so when we start looking at our dreams that way, whether we've dreamt our whole life and have a good basis of understanding the interpretations or you're new to this, um, when you understand that God is talking to you and his plans are good and they're plentiful for you, that his thoughts for you outnumber the sand on the seashore, right? And they're all good, right? When you step into that redemption, man, how much more do your dreams open up? How much more impact can you have throughout society? Because when you become a believer, when you become a follower of Jesus, you are meant for impact, right? Right? That's how, that's how his kingdom expands. You know, the expanse of his, of his government and the, his peace, there will be no end. And that he does that through us by taking back territory that the enemy has stolen or hijacked, i.e. the nightmares, but also releasing his peace. Man, how do we do that? We do that by tying it back into the plan of heaven, choosing to see, you know, his thumbprint, his hand and all these dreams and introducing people into that encounter with love. No matter if they've never known him or have been walking with him their whole life, there's always an upgrade available. We go from one glory to the next glory, and it's always up. Um, And so when you're seeing your own dreams, understand that God is releasing his wisdom there, his peace, his his blueprints, his plans, his love to you in that. When somebody else is having a, a negative dream or something they perceive as negative, there is still a plan. In that, from a good, kind, loving heavenly Father, and 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 if we partner with that and release that, you'll see the impact shift. I have so many people that come up to me. There's a local coffee shop that I go to, and um, there's you know pre-believers, believers, and infant believers there. And some of them, this one young lady, she kept coming to me with nightmares, and I kept redeeming them. And you know, I won't say that like she's fully walking with the Lord, but she's way closer than she was three years ago. And it's a process that we take people through. And if if our focus, if our goal is to in, introduce them to love, capital L-O-V-E, right? He cast out all fear, right? Because that's what that's what Jesus does. And so that's my focus. I want to encourage you to allow that to be your focus for when you are dreaming, but also when you're hearing interpretations. And just if that is your, like my, my focus with Trinity was to introduce her to love. And guess what? Love walked, literally physically walked in the room that night. And she walked away a brand new creature in Christ. And so, if that's our focus, man, how much more can the world change through dreams? You know, because uh, everybody dreams. Everybody, yes. believers, pre-believers, they all dream. And if we can, through their dreams, because there's one thing, like you know, we can give a prophetic word. People are like, man, you looked me up on Facebook. No, I don't. I don't even know your name, bro. Right? They can still have that little bit of doubt, right? But when they have a dream, yep, there is no doubt.
0: Yep. They're the ones that receive the intel. So there's a different resonance.
1: Yep. 100%. 100%. Jake,
0: I keep being impressed by a couple things while you're talking. <clears throat> you are such a papa. You carry such a papa's heart in this arena. And I, I just keep seeing Chris Valentin all over you. I don't know if people have told you that you look like a young Chris Valentin before, but there's this... Papa, grandpapa, apostolic prophet thing uh, that I see on you. And when you mentioned earlier, just in, in passing that this fall will be seven years since Mama Kathy, was it Mama Kathy? Yep. Yes, Mama Kathy really started to mentor you. I really felt that was a marker mm-hmm. and that you're moving into increase, that you have been in this powerful seven-year Time of preparation and rapid growth, but you've seen nothing yet. And I know you're mentoring people. I know you're teaching people. I'm sure you have a lot of people that you're working with, but I feel like the increase is going to be very large and people of all ages. Like I see you even bringing in, you know, mentoring people that are older than you and then all the way down to this very new next generation. And it's just there's a Troy Brewer thing happening with you too. And I can't like, quite put my finger on what that aspect is, but I just see you as such a papa. And I know the father is just, he's given you his heart and you have stewarded it with excellence and with sensitivity and with fierceness and the way that you are, um, a gatekeeper and how you fight really, to put proper boundaries up in the spirit, you are restoring the breach where fathers had left a wide open gap in the church. And Holy Spirit, whoa, he's reminding me of a dream I had had where there were distracted fathers and this big door was left open to Jezebel who ended up taking captive the children and was dragging them down the hall into this unknown space where the children of God were deceived and I just see you restoring that breach. I see you as that door, as that Papa, as that protective force saying no more. You are restoring the walls and I just feel such gratitude for who you are and what you're doing and how it's impacting me, even in ways that I probably don't know and the redeeming nightmares, but all that you are doing, I just am so so grateful, and I can't wait to send more and more people your way. And I really feel like get prepared for exponential growth. I just see like multiplication. I don't know what you've been praying into multiplication for—if that's people or influence or ministries. But I think the seven-year mark is really significant, especially since one of the first questions I asked you was, "Did you have to pay seven years for your wife?" I mean, those little patterns pop up, and I'm like, "Okay, God, right. what are you see about the seven here?" So I just want to leave you with that and i'm so excited to see what comes next and i'm so honored actually to to have this friendship with you and i feel i have just really been gifted to come under even your covering and your wisdom on the podcast but even in friendship so i just honor who you are and what you fought for thank you for being here
1: thank you thank you Uh, i receive all of that you're a thousand percent on point with so much awesome Um, confirming dreams and like it just yeah we don't don't we'd be here for a couple more hours um but yeah thank you so much i receive all that super humbled as well thank you thank you thank you so much on that my pleasure yeah